Welcome to Talking In Stations for May 17th. This is Manoral here with Abby Rova. How you doing, Abby? How you doing? Just dipped out. Okay. There you Sorry. are. It's all right. And we also have with us uh, Shen. How are you doing, Shen? Doing well. Hello, everyone. Shen's actually relatively new but knowledgeable player from the one of the Chinese alliances called Army of Mango. Uh, so he is in Esoteria, I believe, at this time. Sound right? Yep. We were officially moved into Esoteria from Ole Mist. All right, cool. Well, today was a big day. Uh, we had a new announcement for something that has uh, plagued EVE Online for a very long time called... Uh, I guess it's called AFK Cloaking. What do you guys want to describe what that is? Yeah, so uh, AFK camping or cloaky camping whatever you want to call it is is basically when a person or an entity will log in to a system often just after downtime uh they will have a ship with a cloak on it probably a tech tree cruiser or a, a tech tree uh, or tech two cruiser or tech tree cruiser hunting ship uh, capable of lighting a sino um uh possibly maybe it's just a stealth bomber but they will sit there cloaked up all day in the system uh, creating the feeling of a threat or a possible threat. So someone living in that system uh, in NullSec doesn't feel like they want to do what they'd like to do because if they undock to mine or they undock to rat, uh, they could potentially be dropped on and killed. And it's the kind of thing where the person will log in um, and for long periods of time. I mean, 12 hours to even a full 23 hours, right? It's a consistent threat to uh, a person or a player's gameplay. Yeah, it's, it's basically fear projection. And uh, so the worst thing about it uh, from a game perspective is you don't know when they're, when the person who's actually in front of the computer, are they are actually playing the game. Right? So you have a chance to be dropped down at any second while they're they may be just uh, in the in their bed sleeping right there's uh, that's that's not that's just not healthy for uh, active gameplay yeah i like that fear projection that's a nice way to put it and it's it's not fair that one guy gets to just log in and go about his business for 12 15 hours and the other guy's sweating thinking is he there isn't he there is he there isn't he there not really fair gameplay yeah, and he might not even be in a ship capable of doing much damage. I mean, if you're in a cloaky uh, uh, expedition frigate or something, right? I mean... Well, it doesn't matter because it's really just eyes on. So when they see you, yeah. then they can say, okay, guys, let's drop on this guy. He's active farming. He's active mining. He's active doing anomalies or something. Let's let's get in here and clean this guy out. Yeah, often is uh, a bunch of uh, camper accounts, but they're always controlled by one person, or like at least that, that's what I've seen um, in Esoteria, where even though we even it's uh, one corp camped two regions, but we know that all the after uh, behind all those like fifty or sixty accounts, there are only one person is behind it. So yeah. it's one person coordinating. It's not you know a team thing it's just one person solo yeah literally you can multi-box this with uh, several different accounts and several different systems and you can really suppress an entire region uh, so one person has a, 
a real magnification of fear projection, which really dampens people's ability to utilize the territory that they've conquered. So that is away from keyboard cloaking, AFK uh, cloaking. And it's yeah. menaced Eve for a very long time. Uh, go ahead, Abby. Yeah, I was just going to say it is. Um, it has been a long-running, consistent threat. And you mentioned a point there where people cannot play in the space they've conquered. And this is, you know, you're in Nullsec, you're in these big blocks, you fight these big wars to conquer this space. You finally get it after months of hard work. And then some random person comes along and just ruins your ability or disheartens you and doesn't make you want to go play the game that you've done all this hard work for. It's uh, it's very lopsided in its power dynamic. Yeah, or you may um, have... You may have actually earned a lot of ISK and are renting space from somebody else. So you've, you're paying for it and you can't utilize it. And there's not much that this, the sovereign owner can do about that. He's only there to fight wars for you. He's not there to rid you of cloaky camping. Go ahead, Shen, you were saying? Yeah, this is also very damaging to new bros as well. It's worse in some degree compared uh, than high-sec suicide ganking to, to new bros, where they have no way to make ISK. Um, in in the land that we own uh, so basically they have no income at all uh, so and people just quit after this where they move to high sec to do missions instead of staying in all sec so that's the problem that's the scope of the problem and just how long it's been around is years and years uh it, one more thing about it it has been seen as a way to legitimately come into a region and uh, lower their defenses because the more that people are out and about using the territory, we'll pick it yep. up from where we were. We had just described the problem. We also uh, were in the process of saying that um, cloaky camping is a, uh, was seen as a legitimate way to soften a target by lowering the ADMs, their uh, active defense multipliers and um, basically weakening them so you could come in and, and kind of do the, carp the, the cleanup. But people have always thought this was, you know, uh, a controversial subject at best and has strong feelings about it. And now CCP, after they took on nullification and before they take on ganking, which I think they're going to do, they decided to deal with this, which is AFK cloaking. And how did they deal with it, Abby? So, wow. Yeah, I mean... Mobile observa obs mobile observatories. This new uh, deployable structure. It is going to send a ping out throughout the whole system. So this one per system will will knock out a system, and it will send out a ping, and it will have a forty percent chance of decloaking a ship. Now there is uh, some times here. But that is essentially the gameplay. Um, you will be able to drop a structure um, and for 10 minutes, uh, for two hours, every 10 minutes, it's going to send out this ping. So this is really going to affect the AFK uh, cloaky camper. Um, if you are having your active gameplay, you're sitting at your keyboard, you know, you'll just be able to cloak right up. There's no... Um, delay it doesn't uh stop your ability of of cloaking back up it just decloaks you once 
uh, with a 40% chance. What's interesting about this module is that right now um, it is for low sec and null sec only. So one big issue that the uh, wormhole community had was anything that can affect uh, camping and AFK, AFK cloaky camping is very different to cloaky camping. Right. I mean, the the issue with NullSec was these 12, 15, 18 hour AFK cloaky campers. While if you try and tackle that, you might damage the wormhole community where you legitimately would be camped, uh, cloaked up for six hours. So this structure um, completely alleviates that it is not deployable in a wormhole. Right now, uh, it's only on CC where um, it is deployable in a wormhole but that is temporary and that will not be happening in tranquility so if you've seen something that shows this module in a wormhole don't worry it won't actually end up in a wormhole the other thing with this module is that um, it has changed fundamentally how cloaking devices now work and that's um, that's going to be a very important issue so players are going to have to learn that when you cloak up for those first 15 minutes after you hit your cloak, whether that's a tech one or a tech two, you cannot be decloaked by this ping from this structure. So I think that's a really nice change. Uh, if you jump into a system, you take a gate, you take a filament. If you filament into a system, you can cloak up, wait out your 15 minutes. You can't be uh, uncloaked by this thing. And then you decloak filament back out again. How do you know when your time is up? It's a very good question, Matterall. So with these changes, uh, they have implemented a new icon on the HUD, um, your little heads-up display just above your capacitor. So when you hit your cloak, you will get this little blue icon. It, it is the same as a, a buff you would get from Lynx, like a mining buff. Um, and it'll show you you have a cloaking defense and it'll show the timer counting down from 15 minutes if so you it's not like the timers on. that are usually at the top left this timer sits right on top of your yeah, capacitor, yeah. Basically. It, yes exactly it's not like the top left timers it is not like a weapons timer you can't miss this thing it's just above your capacitor almost front and center of your screen which is a really nice place for them to have put it it's not obscure um you, you almost can't miss it, but you hit your cloak for the first time, you're going to get that um, that little icon pop up and show you. So you know now I am safe from these from these new mobile observatories. But once that timer runs out, uh, you stand a risk of being pinged by these mobile observatories and decloaked. Um, so these new mobile observatories, they're going to take 10 minutes to online. So once you drop it in space, it's, it's going to be like a, a mobile tractor unit or a mobile depot. You're going to have it in your, your cargo. It's, a, it's 100 meters cubed, so it's, it's quite large. You're not going to be able to fit a whole lot of these. Um, its current price based on its input materials is about 40 million isk. So it's not cheap either. Um, I said it's like a mobile tractor unit in, or a depot, how you deploy it. But this thing is one use only. So once you deploy it, you cannot pick it up again. So these are just one shot. Um, and then it takes 10 minutes to online. 
once it onlines, it sends out that initial ping and then it stays online for another hour and 40 minutes um, before it dies. Uh, so it's almost just like two hours of, of pings. Right now we have um, a 10 uh, per system limit. It means you can uh, put 10 of these down in the same system? Yes, and, and they're system-wide. There's, there's no limit to how far you can be. If, if you are right on grid with it or you are 100 AU, it doesn't matter. It pings the whole system. And what's nice about these is uh, at the current limit of 10, which um, I believe CCP Swift said they were open to adjusting, but with 10, if you stagger them one minute apart, uh, you will basically get a ping every minute for two hours. So a, a chance to decloak someone every minute as opposed to every 10 minutes. Yeah. Now, that's going to cost you. I mean, 10 of these things will be the bones of 400 million. But if you really wanted to get rid of someone, what an amazing way. I mean, you, you could drop three or four of these. This guy is going to be decloaked. You're going to be able to combat scan him. Um, and he's going to have to ping around, cloak back up again. I mean, you're really going to deter someone from wanting to AFK cloaky camp you all day. Um, and, and these modules, just so we're all aware, they show up on the overview uh, anywhere in system. So they're a bit like uh, drifter wormholes or uh, those Jove observatory things. If, if there's one in system and you have it on your overview, you'll see it on your overview and you'll be able to warp to it. They're also quite weak. Their total hit points is about uh, 30,000 hit points, which is less than half of a mobile tractor unit. So, I mean, like one guy could pop these solo in a, in a, like a destroyer in no time. Um, and you don't get an aggression timer for them. So you could like undock, blow one of these up uh, and then dock straight back up again. Yeah. Also, we don't know. I believe CCP hasn't confirmed that this will be allowed in Parchment or not. Um, given the special circumstances with local, right? With uh, so the local in Parchment, the same in a wormhole system where it's basic, basically blackout, right? If there's no local at all. Uh, we don't know how that's going to work yet. Um, CCP hasn't confirmed anything about that. Also, uh, just answer one question in chat. Uh, we don't know yet if skills will affect uh, this buff to uh, for you to not be able to get the cloak. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, someone's asking, do you get a kill mail for killing these? Yes, you do. Um, yes, someone asked, yes, you can just turn your cloak on and off, and then you restart your 15-minute uh, invulnerability timer. So uh, a real good trick to try and avoid being uh, scanned by someone would be if you have two safe spots and you decloak at the first one while in warp to the second one, you will be able to um, like cycle your cloak in warp. And then by the time you land, uh, they wouldn't have been able to combat. You know, if they combat scan you, they'll get you like mid ping mid-warp so uh it would be a good way to just recycle your your timer but this isn't this isn't intended to combat active at the keyboard cloaky camping right this, this is str strictly to try and combat that long-term 6 12 18 hours of cloaky camping 
of AFK cloaky camping. So th this doesn't affect exploration. Uh, if you're a tech one frigate exploring in, in Nullsec, trying to do your data and relic sites to get your first 100 million isk, this isn't going to affect you. If you are flying around doing whatever, like this is only going to affect people who are actively trying to camp a system. And this is an active way for those people to fight back. And, you know, this is the this is the counter to that long term AFK uh, camp, camping and cloaking camping. Also addressed uh, in the chat, uh, talking about stealth bombers, they're extremely hard to scan down in the first place. And plus, uh, the uh, recall of delay for stealth bombers is only five seconds. So it, it's very hard for someone to actually scan down uh, a stealth bomber that's mid-warp while trying to get the cloak back on. What we're looking at now is uh, some of the footage that we took earlier today. We did about three hours of practicing with this thing. And this is Abby. Why don't you describe what you did earlier today? Uh, as a demonstration. Yeah, so as people are asking, these are only going to be able to work in low sec and null sec. Um, strictly confirmed right now, low sec and null sec. These will be dropping into and will work perfectly fine. These will not work in wormholes. Uh, they currently do on CC. That's a mistake. They will not be working in wormholes. Currently, they work in Poshvin and CCP have not decided whether they're going to allow them in Poshvin or not. Uh, CCP Aurora confirmed that for us. Uh, Rise was still in discussion. So this is me earlier on in Poshvin. Um, we had a three-hour uh, live reaction stream. Some amazing people dropped in chat, and we had some great discussion. So, you know, if, if you're interested in this, please go watch that chat. It was just great. Lots of great input. Um, but this is me dropping these uh, mobile observatories, and uh, you'll see there on screen right next to the buff for the trig invasion is this new blue counter just above my capacitor. And we wait for that to run out, and these things decloaked me. So I was just orbiting it at 5,000, and every 10 minutes I would get decloaked. Um, very interesting. But it's a it's a 40% chance to... Um, Did proximity to, to it matter at all or is it even no okay. no proximity does not matter it is just completely system wide later on in the stream i end up completely off grid and i'm i'm still getting decloaked so proximity doesn't increase chance or any of that it is system wide once every 10 minutes and it's a straight 40 percent chance to decloak you and, and you'll get a little message that pops up on screen telling you you've been decloaked and of course you get decloaked as we described earlier, this is an answer for that AFK cloaking that's just been around a long, long time as a, as a tactic, but also as a really notorious tactic. And that was the principal goal of this decloak mechanism or mechanic. Uh, they, they went through, uh, that they being CCP, the developers, and even CSM, three or four different rounds of trying to figure it out. And as they would play out all the scenarios with the solution that they had come up with, at some point it would just fall apart. Like it would just not work. So this is the first time they got to a point where they could get to the end and say, yeah, this works in most circumstances. Players will probably find circumstances where this creates unfair gameplay, but uh, so far this meets 
all their um, goals. And so now it's out and it's out on Test Center. So people are testing it. You will see, just like with nullification a few days ago, players responding and saying, hey, this works, this doesn't work. Uh, and then CCP will or will not adjust uh, as, as they see fit. But what this doesn't do is try to interfere with other types of cloak gameplay. Can you talk about some of that? Or what did some of the guys talk about in the reaction stream today? Um, about what it won't affect? Yeah, like what gameplay they're trying not to affect. Maybe well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're just not trying to affect uh, active cloaking gameplay and engagement. So, I mean, if you think about it, if you jump into a system and you hit your cloak, you have 15 minutes. Now, that's before these things, If that that's before there's even one already in the system. So if you jump into a system and there's one there, you have 15 minutes. If you're hunting or you're trying to get a fight or PvP or an engagement, you're not going to need need longer than 15 minutes. If you don't catch someone in that system in 15 minutes, you're probably best moving on, right? Um, so hunters, so hunters are probably not supposed to be affected if they're active hunters. No, of course not. I mean, it, if you jump into a system and you're hunting a capital ship, you have you know. 10, 20, maybe 30 seconds to catch it and kill it. You don't have 15 minutes, so that's not going to affect you. It's what, not going to affect... What about bombers? Sorry. People in bomber so, fleets that cloak up. Yeah, that was one issue that was brought up on the stream today. But, I mean, again, you're not going to sit there waiting to bomb uh, for longer than 15 minutes. You're going to be at a far ping, at a safe spot. You're going to be pinging around between different celestials, and you will be, you know, cloaking and recloaking in warp and then you will uh cloak up longer than you know 10 minutes before you actually do your initial final bombing run and then when you decloak you'll drop your bombs you'll cloak back up again you have another 15 minutes and these things can be killed it's going to take 10 minutes to online them and they can be killed in a destroyer very simply so in big fleet fights yeah people are going to waste a lot of money dropping these but they're just going to be blown up just as quickly um this isn't going. Yeah, and one last uh, area: uh, capital ships. They need to cloak in order to keep safe uh, when they're traveling alone. For instance, is this meant to uh, interfere with that gameplay? Yeah, this was one issue that was brought up on um, on our reaction discussion, and this is one thing where we we think CCP might have overlooked the fact that sometimes you would need to cloak longer than. 15 minutes in a in a capital ship or a super capital uh it's a very niche gameplay but something like super capital hunting where you're in a in a capital or a super and you're hunting other caps and supers um sometimes when you're moving them alone or or you're moving them through dangerous space one of the reasons being is that when a capital pilot accumulates jump fatigue there's there's two jump timers and um, the red timer, the one that stops you from being able to jump again, can max out at half an hour. So there would be a situation where a super or capital could jump into a system and they might need half an hour uh, before they can actually jump back out again. So hmm, scary. 15. Yeah, scary because they are sitting at their keyboard playing the game. I mean, they're going to be sitting there for half an hour, probably sweating and shaking hoping that God no one else comes along and sees them, right? In in their what is now worth maybe seventy billion esque ship. Um so that's one thing where 
uh, I think a lot of the opinions on on the discussion edge towards maybe CCP should give these ships a bonus uh, where the cloak immunity lasts longer. By the way, we or... just saw your we just saw your ship get decloaked there. That wasn't you coming out of cloak the uh, the there, and you're cloaking back up. But it took you yeah, out. Yeah. It took you out of cloak right there. Go ahead. Yeah, perfect. Yep. And look, there you go. There's the blue cloak defense timer coming back up again. So once you get decloaked, if you press cloak me again, your ship goes cloaked and you get 15 minutes of invulnerability to this device. Yeah. And it doesn't add a delay to the cloak. So um, uh, a stealth bomber or something, some ships can cloak in five seconds of a reactivation delay. Sometimes it's 15 seconds for your cloak. So it's just your normal recloak. Um. But back on topic, yeah. So in the discussion, people were saying that maybe supers uh, or titans either should be immune from this or maybe they get a longer timer. Um, Maybe it's just something CCP should take a look at because there is legitimate gameplay there where supers and and other bigger ships might need a bit longer to uh, uh, clear out their jump fatigue. Yeah, before... Go ahead, Sam. uh, Also, just add, add on to that, like... Um, a super has really big signature radius, and the cloak uh, reaction reactivation delay is also very long. So it's pretty easy to scan down compared to, let's say, an explosion frigate. Oh yeah, you would you would scan one of these things down with a sixteen or thirty-two AU hit, no problem. Um, with a decently skilled pilot, so it is just. Uh, one niche uh, but kind of unique area of gameplay that was brought up and funny enough a lot of people uh, were unanimously in agreement that that is something that CCP should take a look at but uh, one thing I'd like to take away from this is that generally everyone was in agreement this is a great change which I just thought was very funny I think it really speaks to the fact that CCP and the CSM have had like four iterations of this recently Um. Yeah, there was just a, a lot of positivity about these changes and a lot of people saying how this won't affect them in a negative and, and this is just good for the game and the health of the game. And this will probably lead to, you know, if, if anything, more people going out in space because they feel a bit safer because they could always drop one of these things to, you know, decloak the, the cloaky sino ship. Right. Okay, thanks. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to cover about this uh, device? I think you've covered it very well. Yeah, no, I think that's everything. Um, I mean, as usual, CCP have said that they're, you know, looking at the numbers, they're taking our feedback. Uh, right now, these things can be deployed within range of a pass or a citadel, which is actually an oversight. Um, they're going to change that, so you have to be further away from these modules uh, or from these citadels and structures to deploy them. Right, you're not supposed to be able to deploy anything near a certain structure, uh, and I guess that hasn't been put in for these guys. Yeah, and it would also allow you, like, if you dropped it outside a pass, then it would be hard to kill it because the pass guns could shoot whoever comes to knock it out. Also, just add on to that, um, there's also the chance that so before the new ES has changed, uh, has changed to what nowadays we can see with the dynamic bounty system, it was faction based. So we can drop one of this thing in a forsaken, um, forsaken hub or forsaken rally point, where if you trigger the, if you kill the right rat at the right time, uh, you will trigger a lot of reinforcement fleet. It, so it's basically you, that device is protected by the rats. 
So I don't know if CCP can address this problem with the same thing that we had um, with the ESS before the change. Cool. Any uh, overview thoughts, Shen, from you? This is for Nosek. This is a life savior, I would say. Lifesaver is... for for who? Which which the guy that lives in the system or the guy that's kind for, of yeah, for well, it's for both because uh, for the praise we have more space to uh, farmize all those space that were camped. We can now use them uh, effectively, right? And for those hunters, there will be more praise out there, so everyone everyone will be happy at the end of the day. Okay, happy last thoughts on this topic. Uh, no, it's um. I my my own personal opinion. I think it's great. I think it's a really good approach to how they've tackled it. Um, I I don't feel like this is going to affect me negatively at all. Um, and I think it is really workable. I'll just cloak recloak. I'll jump into a different system, come back in twenty minutes, try and catch someone else. Uh, you know, if it's not going to affect you if you don't do anything but try and camp and kill people. Great. They, and they've really listened to the feedback. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, again, Abby, for doing that. Um, there's one more update we want to give you, and this is for, I had the wrong slide up, but uh, let me grab that slide now. And this is um, something that came up yesterday. They've been making adjustments on the nullification. And uh, there's a few things that Suetonia picked up on and relayed today through Twitter, I think, to other players. And there's a couple things. One is that T1 frigates no longer can use this nullification module. And what that does is um, make it so that one of the issues that people were having with this was that a nullification module could be put into a T1 frigate and put into a battleship. So when your battleship was destroyed, you fell into your frigate, and your frigate then being nullified could escape without you uh, suffering any, any risk of being destroyed. And that's okay in most scenarios, except in wormholes, part of the gameplay is to throw people out of the wormhole. And to do that, you must kill the pod. But if it becomes nearly impossible to kill the pod, that presents a problem for people who are trying to evict a group or resist eviction too. So that solves that problem. Nothing that goes into the... Uh, escape bay for a battleship can use the nullification module. Pretty sure. You can see down here the modules, the, the ships that are listed are interceptor, blockade runner, the deep space transport, DSTs, uh, strategic cruisers, the luxury yacht, covert ops, but not the bomber, just covert ops. It's it's a um, other T two variant. And the industrial line of ships. So industrials can still do it, uh, both T1 and T2. And uh, But T1 frigates, and I assume faction frigates are off, because uh, it doesn't say anything here about faction frigates. So T1 and faction frigates cannot use the nullification module. The other thing that changed about the nullification module, it is uh, no longer a low slot. I believe it was a low slot. Now it is a high slot. You can see that here. And that means that you're fitting this, your choice to use it is going to affect not your defense or your tank or your navigation. It's going to affect your offense, your guns, your utilities that are up high, actually, like a cloaking device. So 
it now strategically uh, is in a different part of the ship module choices. So what are you going to sacrifice on offense in order to have nullification, which is a defensive module? So that was an interesting change. Uh, just add on a little bit to that. Um, so for exploration, uh, the Astero and the Helios uh, are two exploration frigates that only have uh, two high slots instead of other explosion frigates where you have three. So the important thing about that is when you have two high slots, you right now you often fit a cover a covered of cloak and the sister core probe launcher, or just a regular T one core probe launcher. Well, just just one uh, second. Let's get this clear because I said one thing uh, and you said uh, you're saying another. Uh, can it be fit on an Astero? Because I don't think it can be no. fit anymore. Not okay, yeah, not those, but like a Helios. Yeah, a Helios. Case. Yeah, so Helios, Helios is a covert two. ops, right? Yeah, it's the Galente gotcha. explosion frigate. Okay, yeah, so you're making a comparison between the Helios, which this can fit, or this can fit on the Helios, with the Astero. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so, so that means uh, right now you have three high slots, right? With uh, anything that's not a Helios, right? So you can fit those two, like cover up cloak and a probe launcher right now with this uh, notification device as well. But the Helios can't. So in some way, this is uh, not balanced towards the Galente uh, side of things. Interesting yeah. point. It would be nice for them to put the uh, third high, high slot on the Helios because all the other Tech 2 covert ops frigates have them. And, you know, you're going to want, ideally, you're going to want your cloak your probe launcher, and the ability to fit the nullification module would be great. Um, I, I like that change because these ships also cannot go in the, the frigate escape bay, so that, and that would like really balance them out well, I think. Um, and, and the negative side effects from fitting these modules uh, you know, w- would definitely be worth it on the, on the T2 exploration frigates because they're for exploration. Uh, also, I think, I don't know if you if we have mentioned this before, where uh, right now the uh, the joint bandwidth uh, penalty instead of from just minus fifty, oh, minus fifty yeah. percent. Oh, so instead of uh, minus fifty points, it's actually fifty percent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, oh, that's a big change for certain ships. Yeah, because uh, the with minus fifty, it meant some ships went from having some drones to none. So and now at least uh, <laughs> right, no, I mean, mining ship could have none. So at least now you'll e- you'll at least be able to throw out one or two light drones and like kill some belt rats that are attacking you or something, right? Yeah, or those um, gate rats. That's really annoying nowadays <laughs> when you well, travel through gates. And, and the reason like... for that is the bigger ships have have a huge amount of points for drones, right? Um, I think it's a, it's like bandwidth. It's like communication ability with multiple fighters and drones and that sort of stuff and the smaller your ship gets the less bandwidth you have so when you get to a frigate you can only sometimes launch one drone or three drones depending on the ship Uh, so if you were to knock 50 points off i think it's five points per is it five points or maybe it's actually on the drone depends on the drone it depends on the drone size you're right it depends on the drone size and drone bay but let's just put it this way uh, 50 was a lot for a frigate-sized drone bay. And so 50% might give you a chance to launch at least one drone as opposed to two. Uh, one other thing as well was the warp core stabilizer module changed. 
Oh, so it? the uh, yeah, it, it when they first announced the change that had a plus three uh, warp core strength, they've reduced that oh, right. to plus two. Um, it's, which... uh, that's I really feel like they're on the brink because three was too much, two was too little. I think like if there was, and there can't be two and a half because these things always round up or down. Uh, so they got a Goldilocks problem here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so too. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I mean, they may, they may leave it at two, see how it goes. If people are getting killed and this module is useless, they may say, you know what? We need to go back to our original plan of three, but what do you guys think? I, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, two or three, because usually like if you have a ship, right? Uh, if you have three points for warp core strength, then a long point plus a short point can stop you. That's what most interceptor fits. If you're, if you don't fit a faction warp scrambler, then you only have three points. Uh, but two is too little. I feel like yeah. in some cases, what they may do here, we were, we were kicking ideas around is they, they may say the base unit has a two, a two rating, which is, it's good enough for a lot of situations, but a, a dedicated uh, gate camper or hunter will, will may be able to get around to, he may be able to get three points on you and then he wins and he catches you and disables your engines and is able to kill you. Uh, but what they may do is for faction variants, possibly increase it to three, or maybe there's a, um, a T2 variant that increases it to three. There, there may be a possibility of splitting the scenarios uh, instead of keeping them all two. Normally they don't do that. They keep a modules like main utility the same. Uh, you just get like better fitting possibilities or better, um, uh, better cycles for reuse time. Usually that's where they kind of make the adjustments that the higher the technology you use. And that way the, the module that you're using works the same in all cases. It just has the ability to fit in different ships or or you can use it even quicker than normal. Usually that's, that's how they usually work the balance there. But here, I wonder if they won't actually split uh, and make faction a little more effective, which would be a big, big deal. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, that was something that came up. Um, very good point there is that they all have two, so maybe they should make the faction ones a bit work more with three. But this came up in our discussion today with the cloak, because right now all the cloaks have the same 15 minute reactivation delay, uh, or sorry, the 15 minute immunity from this pro ping. So maybe um, uh, they could differentiate the cloaks a little bit more by giving the expensive faction ones a slightly longer time, maybe like a plus 0.2, uh, 20% bonus. Um, and, and just help differentiate them and, and make it work more in value. Yeah. Again, you're buying more power, and it seems like the design philosophy is not to buy more power, but to buy better options for that power. But we'll see what they do. It'll be interesting. Okay, so that's the modules. We wanted to get you caught up on what happened, I guess, uh, since last week with the nullification and with the warp core stabilizers, and now with this mobile uh, what's it actually called the mobile observatory which uh, we've been waiting for it a long long time uh, there's still no picture of it but uh again once it once that picture gets made and deployed we'll see it on test center and then we'll see it in the game relatively soon any other news that we wanted to cover before we take off uh one small thing 
the new gates, the new player gate event that will be coming soon, they have actually moved two of the gates. Um, so if, if you were following this from the stream the last day or you were uh, checking up on our Discord, um, Dr. Spod found an update where they've moved um, the Metropolis end of the Metropolis to Nisus gate for the Minotaur Republic, and they moved the Forge end uh, of the Forge gate for the Kalari state. I don't know. Maybe they'll continue to move them or adjust them. It's interesting. But there's still no um, no direct high-sec shortcut. There's still a low-sec jump in there somewhere. Well, my impression of the gates when they were... When when we looked inside of the test center and saw where they were going to be, they haven't announced where they're going to be. This is just what we saw in the test center. And it just looked like a lot of thought went into the placement. Like, it really worked the way they had it set up. Well, I, I figured there wouldn't be too many adjustments, but you never know. This is going to be very interesting, and I think this is going to affect the game quite a bit. Yeah, I guess a little bit of news on the war, war side. Um, after the successful bombing run on the Imperium side, uh, Delph is kind of quiet <laughs> this weekend. Um, as for Esoteria, uh, AOM took over six more IHUBs from the Imperium. So, oh, yeah. And we had a small skirmish i guess uh with them today and uh uh, saturday as well let's take a quick look at uh dotland now that's good news for i imagine that's good news for the imperium if they basically uh bombed out uh what were they were they uh, munins or they were munins right munins yeah 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 those are t2 uh heavy assaults Heavy right? assault cruisers. Yeah, heavy assault yeah, cruisers. Heavy assault cruisers. I'm trying to think if they're shields, aren't they? Uh, yeah. So the the thing with munings, uh, in general, is they're shield tanked. So that means they have a bigger uh, signature radius compared to armor tanked uh, hacks. It means they show um, up on the radar bigger. Yeah, yeah. You see them the same, but it's just they yeah. show up on the radar bigger. The weapons, the weapons see them as bigger. That's what that's what yeah, that's the radius about. If you zoom in on the camera, it's the same. <laughs> and also the removal of the roll bonus that hacks uh, got previously with the um, with the fifty percent uh, buff to, to like the signature radius uh, with with micro drive on, I think. Uh, so without that buff, right now it's the same thing with uh, with a T two with a T two muning and the T one rupture. We have a, a micro drive run. It's also it's just five hundred percent blown up before it was two hundred fifty percent. Which means to a bomber, you look huge, and bombers do better damage to huge things. They do great damage to big structures. They do great damage to big ships. They do terrible damage to little ships. Yeah, yeah. So let's say if you have a destroyer, you don't have your micro warp drive on. You just you just there without any. Um, any like special like things that blow up your signature radius, you can take one bomb without any problem. Right. So these munins were, I believe they were trying to leave. They went through a gate all at the same time. There was probably some lag involved there. So a lot of them got caught. There was also there have been like two or three successful bomb runs for a total of somewhere around let's just say it's under 500 billion. 
I heard a, an extravagant number of a billion, a billion and a half, a trillion, a trillion and a half, and that number was wrong. Uh, I think I was listening to other media sources and uh, thought that's a big victory. But uh, I talked with the people involved, and one of them was 250 billion, and another one was maybe 100 billion or something, but all, all told about less than 500 billion, which is a lot of ISK losses in T2 ships. So it's a pretty big blow. Kind of sucks for Pappy. They got uh, wiped out twice. But more importantly, it was a morale victory for them because they really got to cheer for some, some wholesale slaughter uh, against their opponents that they inflicted. Uh, you said twice. I think it was actually like three times at least. <laughs> yeah. Two or three so, times what? No, they got bombed and their like, fleets wiped out at least three times. Uh, two times plus a one in uh, AUTZ, but I don't. I think those were not Munins; those were Baroxes. I think that's what I heard. Ah, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of the same thing, but not not the same thing. Yeah, they were trying to leave uh, three tac D to E tac V. You you were in that gate. fleet, right? I was in that fleet. So okay, what, what happened? They did, so they send out. They're really smart about it. I, I have to yeah. give them that. They're really really good at this. They send out void bomb first. Uh, What's a void bomb do? Say energy neutralizes you. So, um, so they basically eat out a big chunk of your cap, which makes hack can use their uh, assault damage control. If you have assault damage control on, then you will get like ninety nine percent or like eighty nine percent like resist all across like shield armor and hull. So as soon as I see the bombers, I try to press the button. It didn't work because I didn't have enough cap. And soon after that, I saw like 10, 20 bombs on my face and then it got blown up. On and my face. <laughs> that it, is it really literally on my face. I love that. That is really brilliant. And that is to, uh, and, and this is a technique that, that we've seen in other scenarios, but also bombers. Uh, you, you, your first bombs take away their energy, which knocks out their active defenses. Passive defenses don't get interfered with, but for these ships, they're active defenses. So you need energy for active defenses. And those, the energy wasn't there to put up your defenses. And therefore, the next layer of bombs that was actually damaged just did wholesale slaughter because you couldn't really defend against them. Exactly. And uh, plus, I think there was a lot of lag as well when the bombs ended out. So I was approaching the gate. I was trying to take the gate. But as, as soon as I was ejected from the Muni, I could take the gate with my pot. So I think with just like a little bit of luck, like a little bit of like unlucky, I guess, all played out into this, where everyone was basically at the gate. Yeah. At that time. Well, that was a good run. And we did want to then continue to Esoteria, where you had some good news on your side. That was the bad news of getting wiped out. But this is uh, the good news. You guys are contesting pretty well in Esoteria. That's territory that uh, Army of Mangoes is reclaiming, I guess. Yeah, I guess reclaiming uh, the test lost, and then we're reclaiming for them in some way. So you weren't uh, here. You weren't here before. You're reclaiming other people's. Yeah, I mean we're in Omis when the land. We're we're kind of here helping test. That was part of the mission that we yeah, were. We can see. Test. We can see test is in blue. You are in purple, and I believe this is uh, Evictus. Evictus, yeah, Evictus. Who's helping you out? Who's the other group? Evictus, and who's the third group helping you out? Vindictive. Vindictive, okay. Uh, they're in Paragon Soul. Got uh, it. 
Uh, and uh, last time we looked, which was just the other day, you had kind of come up to this area here. Can't use my pen tool, darn it. I'm not set up for it. Um, but you ended up taking like, it looks like four? No, a lot more. How many more? Six. This weekend is six. Six. So wow. from v, uh, VYJ down, every uh, all six of those. Yeah. Took, uh, either on Saturday or today. Is this stuff being contested in Esoteria, or are you guys just kind of taking it back without any fights? On Saturday, we're expecting a big fight, uh, because uh, the fight before, the one uh, in Tosis battle that we had before, they dropped in Minokawas and uh, carriers on grid. So we're expecting those, and we literally had like uh, capital standby uh, ready to drop in as well. But uh, nothing escalated. They, they didn't even show up, I think, uh, on yeah. Saturday. So, yeah. And I think today before downtime, we had a, they dropped some dread on our dread. We lost a couple today, I think, uh, in one force system. Uh, but so for, uh, yeah. So there's some resistance. Some resistance, yeah. And for the big battle today, we didn't have any uh, people contest uh, the Intosis until the very end, uh, where we basically finished up and there was like a IGC plus Bastion plus Pharah mixed fleet with Munings. Uh, they got slaughtered pretty, pretty hard, I guess I would say, by us, Pandemic Horde and um, uh, Evictus. Yeah. Uh, so Pandemic Horde came to help. Uh, we even killed their FC at the end. Oh, coup de gras. Well, again, this is, um, and you're running into like Bastion and Stain guys, right? Guys from Stain region? Yeah, they're based in Stain before. Uh, like Farah and uh, Good Sacks, I think. Yeah. Okay, and so good for you guys taking over uh, Esoteria. This is not where the big fighting is happening. The big prize is in Delve, but it does look like uh, some progress that was made a while ago by the Imperium in these areas using third-party people uh, and also uh, doing it themselves. Some of that is being rolled back. We didn't see it as important at the time, uh, uh, so we're not going to overly uh, see it as strategic here uh, because, again, the prize is in Delve. That's where, that's where everything counts for the next few months. As far as this war is concerned, even though these are warring parties in other areas as well, uh, only two. Uh, I guess one thing uh, I will say is uh, in Zero Tech O and DTX Eight, there are two uh, test Keepstar chain Keepstars in there, oh. and one of them got liberated uh, last week. Uh, DTX Eight, <laughs> <Liberate. laughs> yeah, from from being being able to jump, they weren't really jumped, but the one. In, Oh, a zero attack O oh, that one's jammed, and I think we took down the jam we reinforced uh, the jammer today. Okay. So those are some strategic, uh, uh, I guess, structures. Because no, no keep stars went down in, in uh, basically legacy space, right? Or did one go down? The, I think a lot of them are under the control of like I have control over Imperium, like the one that Brave had in GE Tag Eight. Uh, in catch, uh, like the one we had uh, before we took over uh, DTX8. Uh, but they were not uh, necessarily being reinforced. I think in because you, if you want to reinforce a Keepstar, it, it requires a lot of uh, firepower, super capitals and capitals on grid, and sub capital fleets, a lot of them. So 
uh, and I think Imperium were focused on uh, Delve and other war zones at the time. So it didn't really have that much uh, leftover energy or super cap leftover to reinforce other places. So the reason I ask is because it feels like a lot of things were destroyed in legacy space, but I don't remember any like keep stars being destroyed, any, I guess, pivotal structures like that, that create, that create a, uh, like a railroad, um, but bridges, those, those got destroyed. I think a lot of uh, engineering complexes and everything. I mean, a lot of stuff got wrecked in legacy. Well, the, the legacy combatants are over in Delph fighting an offensive war. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else then, Jen? Uh, I guess we'll just keep pushing this week as well. Just uh, little by little by little. And we're also helping out plus eight uh, time zone in Delphi as well. So the campaign continues for Army of Mangoes in Esoteria. Do you, uh, are there pl public plans for what happens after Esoteria if you conquer it? That, uh, I think maybe a little bit of faith follows uh, with IGC. Either they're going to pay the rent or get out. I think that's the plan right now oh. at this moment. In other words, there are people that came into Fates uh, who are occupying it, and they're not paying anybody rent anymore. Uh, so you guys yeah. will go, uh, Legacy will go in there and say, look, you need to pay up if you're going to live here or you need to get out. Yeah, basically, that's the case. Because yeah, um, they're squatting right now, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And, and that'll be interesting. By themselves all right abby thank you shen thank you very much and thank you guys for watching us today on talking in stations we'll be back tomorrow i think we have some more ccp coming for you this week uh, we'll give you more information on that as it develops uh, so uh, stay tuned for some of that kind of stuff for now we're going to go and raid somebody and we will see you tomorrow right here on talking in stations <laughs>